from the center of the universe and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Selner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show. Three, two, one. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome back into the room. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, the father of five human kids. How is that possible? How could a man like that have five kids? Well, let me tell you what. My wife is a, is a jewel. She's an angel. She's the best. And I am a man, bear, pig. And that's why we have a radio show and not a TV show. You wouldn't want to look at me. And I'm going to tell you what, if I've been able to achieve success in business, I know that you can too. But you have to believe it. And so every show, what we do is we try to gather inside the box that rocks real people, real entrepreneurs who had this vision, who had this idea, and they went out and turned their idea into an actual business. And so today you are in for a special treat. I'm talking about a treat that my kids, my five kids would love. My kids are always begging me to go to Andy's, you know, ice cream, and they want to get like the, you know, they want the, it's like a $7 something. You have to get like a, like a home equity line to feed these kids. You know, they want to get the, hey, dad, can we get the, you know, Andy's, you know, it's only $14 for a medium, you know. <laughs> and so we go to Andy's, you know, we, we cash out all the equity of the house, we get, get them some Andy's. And the thing is, is that that's the kind of treat you're in for today. So we have Stacy Purcell on the show today. Stacy, check it, that's Purcell. And she is what we would call, what I might call, I might be calling her this incorrectly. I'll let her correct me. But she is a kind of a, a tip-top recruiter. She is, if you were looking for, you know, a great quality employee, if you're looking for a key person, a key executive, somebody who's just like the, the linchpin, you know, like the, the, the cornerstone of the, of the organization, this is who you call. So Stacy, am I getting that wrong? I mean, what exactly do you do? Could you kind of explain to the people out there who don't know what you do? What exactly is it that you do? I'm an executive recruiter or executive search consultant. Headhunter is the slang term. Headhunter. Yes. Sounds kind of dangerous. My company recruits top talent for organizations. Now, with your organization, how long have you been, uh, you know, doing this whole recruiting thing? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Rumor has it. 20 years. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, inside the box that rocks today, we also have a business coach by the name of Robert Redmond. For those of you who have yet to hear Robert, he's been on the show a couple times now. And what Robert does is Robert basically works with business owners that are really good people and they just need a little help. And let me give you an example of people that need some help. Everybody. And so what happens is, before I built DJ Connection to be a large company, I couldn't afford a graphic designer. You know, it's like $3,000 a month for a good one, $4,000 a minimum. Then you got to, oh, by the way, provide an office for them. You got to motivate them. You got to train them. You got to do a handbook. You got to deduct taxes. You got to you know, celebrate their birthday. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. So I hired a company and the company I hired, I, I paid them typically six to 8,000 a month to do graphic design. Well, they need like a video for your website. You got to hire somebody. And then, you know, because video people are pretty proud of their videos. They're like, well, for, for $3,000, I'll make a video. And I'm like, yeah, hey, meanwhile, that's all more than I made this month, right? And then they got to go out there and hire a search engine optimization expert who wants a 12-month contract at 4000 a month. And then pretty soon you realize, I need some PR. And then all of a sudden you're going, I can't afford all this stuff. And so Robert kind of is like a, like a project manager. He basically manages the team 
that supports entrepreneurs like Dr. Z and I. So once we grew our businesses to a certain point, we had a full-time team. And now we let our full-time team help you with your business. And so Robert helps clients. He's a business coach, helping businesses execute the, the, the theory, turning the theory into, into results. And so Robert, this week, I want to ask you, what sort of a client you're working with right now or this week where you had an ultimate highlight, something that was just, wow, that was profound. What was a big wow this week? Well, first of all, I think before I get into the big wow, mm, mm. I think that this is a, a real special show mm. because what we're getting is the best of both worlds because I actually used to be in recruiting. Before you got fired, right? Before you got fired and your career ended in, in flames, right? right, right? right. And yeah. then uh, crashed and burned, you know, just, 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 and then in No, flames. you did well. You did well. You did well. <laughs> but we have somebody who did, who, who did more well than you. Yeah, Stacy did more well she than actu- you. She actually knew Stacy. Uh, because we were both in the industry uh, uh, before I came here to Thrive. And uh, she individually did did better than our entire organization. I will tell you this. I, I thought it was kind of embarrassing. I don't know if you ever told Stacy, but one Very. day you left your, 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 your man journal here. And I was, re- I was reading through it, you know, because I, I, wanted to make sure, well, I wanted to make sure it was yours. I couldn't tell with right. the handwriting after page 77. I wasn't sure if it was yours or yours. I wasn't sure if it was Robert's or Rob- Robbie's. And I went through it. And one of the things you wrote on every page was, I want to be like Stacy someday. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was sort of disturbing, maybe kind of awkward to tell her now on the air. But uh, I, I literally asked you not to bring that up just okay. five minutes ago. So what, what's, what's a client win? What's a client win this week? Something that so, cli- so there's this one client I'm working with. They're actually a local client Ooh. here. It's a contractor, a concrete contractor. Nice. And one of the biggest issues for them has been finding quality workers. They got enough work. They're booked, oh. out, they're booked out for the year. For the year. For the entire year. Business is good. Business is great. It's Trump-tastic. It's, 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 uh, uh, we're, we're, we're making concrete uh, a boom again. Oh wow! See, I see you did there. Nice, nice. Well, see if you can build a wall while you're at it. Right? Yeah, oh, with with concrete actually. Nice. <laughs> and so one of the biggest issues has been, uh, you know, they've been in business for for uh, 20 years now, over 20 years. Yeah. And one of the biggest issues that they've consistently had was finding the right hires. So they said, hey, we try to find guys. They're not good. They don't can't show up find to the job. Uh, it's hard to retain guys because they leave. And they try to start their own. Then we can't find a guy. And I'm going to pile on right here. You know, the, the, the Fast Company did a study on this. Forbes has done a study. All the Thrivers should research on this. On concrete contractors. Well, on, on just employees in general. And the majority of companies in America right now, they say the biggest thing limiting their growth is being able to find quality people. And so here's where we start our discussion today. So if you're right. listening today and you go, I find it easy to find quality people. There's no stress in the game for me. I've got a line of people wrapping around my door, high quality people. They always show up on time. They get their work done. They never call in sick. I mean, these people are are healthy. They get stuff done. They're just awesome. People, no drama. Then maybe this show's not for you. But if you need some help finding high quality people, then maybe this show is for you. And so here's the deal. We're, we're talking about these these four different kind of we're talking about these different steps, these different points. And, and point number one is why organizations work with search for firms to fill openings. You may, you may be asking yourself, why in the world would I hire a search firm to fill job openings? So Stacy, if we did, you know, flip it to you here, why, why do organizations work with search firms uh, to, to fill those job openings? Can I ask what a man journal is, though? Because I heard man journal, Robert, and I don't oh, know what that man, is. Well, a man journal is like, uh, and it's probably it could just be called a journal. But uh, I was no, uh, no, it's it's a man journal. Mine is specifically a man journal. You can go to like Barnes and Noble and buy like a moleskin book, you know, where you yeah. write your epiphanies and your notes. And Robert's a reader. 
he studied theology in college, you know, so he's, he's got these whole books. I mean, he's got like, you know, 12, 12 journals devoted just to his, his epiphanies about Proverbs. And so right. anyway, so he carries around this little journal and I'm just messing with him, but he, he does hold you in high regard. He knows your success in the industry. You're sort of well-known, you know, you're sort of like a, a myth, you know what I mean? You're sort of mythological and it's great. We've got you inside the box that rocks because you are a top performer, my friend. Well, I am, I'm, I exist. I'm not a myth. I'm a real person standing here. Uh, but I think your question was about why organizations hire search firms. Yeah, what? Well, they hire search firms when they want the very best person for the position, not the best person that's looking for a job. Ooh. Now, you had some statistics here that you're, you're throwing at us here. This is from Career Builder, and they had a report that said 60% of job seekers quit in the middle of filling out online applications. What are you, what is, what are you talking about here, Stacy? What does this mean? Well, I talk to people all the time that see jobs posted online that they're interested in, but they think that it's too much trouble to fill out the application. If you've ever tried to do that with some of these companies, it's, you know, I, I, for example, I was working with a doctor. Mm. person had a, a doctorate degree, and they were on this company's website trying to fill out this job application, and he said, I'm probably going to have to get a second degree to figure out how to navigate this process because it just went on forever. There were 30 pages of questions that he had to fill out and he said I have a job I don't have time to fill this form out yeah I will say this uh we we help thrivers all the time and at our next uh, workshop on when, when is it Robert April uh it's April 21st and April 22nd 15 hours of Friday and Saturday April 21st and April 22nd the world's best business workshop it is unbelievable it's interactive it's well, we worked with a thriver at the last workshop and his issue you know what his issue was there Robert when as it relates to online forms what's that he only had one out of every 300 people who visited his site who ever filled out his form. Ooh. And so we took time during the lunch break to show him. And when you reduce the amount of questions on the landing pages and you make the pages more visually appealing, right. you can increase that quite a bit. But a lot of companies say, you know, I'm so busy growing my business. It just makes more sense to hire an executive recruiter like Stacy to get it done because she has all the connections. Her job is finding people who are looking for jobs, or as long as people who aren't looking for jobs at all, but they're the top at what they do, and she goes out there and finds these people. Now, Stacy, you wrote here that organizations need recruiters to identify the best candidates and to recruit those candidates. What, what, what are you talking about here? Well, to the point you just made, I mean, company business owners, they're busy focusing on their business. They're running their business day in and day out. And executive search consultants or recruiters like myself, we spend all day long in the trenches hunting for the best candidates. Like I said before, not the best candidates that are looking for jobs or applying for jobs online, but the best candidates, period. And those individuals are, gen are typically employed somewhere else. They might be employed by your competitor. So my job is to go out and, first of all, identify who the top talent is and then recruit the top talent and convince them to come work for my clients' organizations. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting is I remember years ago I, when I won the Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the Small Business Administration, first off, you submit, they, they say you've been nominated. So you're filling in all these forms, you got to show proof of income, and you got to show your P&L, and you got to show all this stuff. You know, they want to verify that you're the real deal, or maybe you're not the real deal. You fill all that, and then they call you. You're almost bitter when you fill out the pack. You're just like, come on, I got nominated. What do I have I to do all this work? I don't to be entrepreneur of the year. And then when you win, they say, oh, hey, could you give a talk? And I had never done speaking before. So I gave what I believe to be a subpar or a C-minus talk to a group of people. And uh, Carlton Pearson taught me this. He said, the, uh, you, the, audience, the audience doesn't 
uh, um, owe you anything. They, you have to earn their right to clap. They don't owe you anything. Wow. And That's I realized, profound. oh, my gosh, my talk was terrible. It was, it was awful. And you know why? Because it wasn't my core competency. So then when I kept getting asked to speak, not because I was a good speaker, but because I'd won some awards, I thought, you know what? Either A, I'm going to be a bad speaker, or B, I need to hire a specialist who knows speaking. And so I've invested a lot of time with Carlton Pearson and other people who've taught me speaking. I mean, you know that, that Oral Roberts taught Carlton Pearson directly how to become a public speaker? And did you know that Napoleon Hill taught Oral Roberts? Were those guys good speakers? Uh, these are the <laughs> best. And did you know that Andrew Carnegie taught Napoleon Hill? So you think about it. It goes from the world's wealthiest man to Napoleon Hill to Napoleon Hill to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts to... And I say all that to say, when you're out there looking for somebody to improve your, you know, if you want to become a great speaker or you want to hire great talent, you don't want to hire someone who's doing this part-time or on the side, or you you don't even want to really do it as a part-time thing in your own company. You want a full-time guru devoted to this. So I, I want to ask you this here, Stacey. I mean, you obviously have the experience, the expertise, the expertise, and you have the time. I mean, you've invested the time to do this. Can you kind of walk me through how having experience and the time to do this allows you to be uh, very successful in finding top talent? Sure, absolutely. I mean, the very first thing that I do is to talk to my client to identify exactly what their needs are in terms of what exactly this person is going to be doing and what qualifications they need to have in order to do this role. And then what I do is I identify who the best players are in the marketplace, and then I go and talk to them and see what my client can do to convince them to come work for their client's organization or actually to come and just interview for my client. Uh, so with my 20 years of experience, I have had thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations with executives and professionals, and most of the people that I approach are not looking for a position. I find out what they like about their current job, what they don't like. Let me give you an example. It's probably the best thing to do here. Um, a few weeks ago, one of my clients reached out to me and said, Stacy, we have this need for this scientist, and it's, it's urgent. I filled that position in three days. Three days? Three days. Now, we come back, Thriver. Stacy's going to unpack for us how she was able to do it in three days. It almost it almost sounds unbelievable. Stay tuned for the rest of the story about how Stacy found a top-level talent in three days. So let's get her the gun. My name is Newt Wright. I am uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm with Farmers Insurance. I heard it uh, through my uh, mentor and coach, uh, Clay Stairs. I've learned uh, so far um, the different uh, systems to uh, implement in my business and how um, systems um, that are scripted can uh, really be repeatable and uh, uh, learned by anybody. I would describe the overall uh, Thrive uh, workshop as uh, an excellent uh, experience uh, with the knowledge that Clay possesses and the ability to uh, interact during the workshop uh, to where um, we'll be able to uh, take it back to our business and be able to implement it. It is a different world uh, than um, anything that you've probably experienced. It's it's upbeat, it's, uh, it has a different energy um, that really is um, contagious and uh, it, it's just an experience that has to be uh, uh, witnessed. Clay's uh, teaching style is uh, one of humor and, uh, and knowledge. Um, he, he really likes to uh, um, 
state um, the facts that and, and where he um, obtains those facts and he gives uh, examples throughout of of where it has worked um, in different businesses and in uh, and how he's implemented them and they've uh, become tried and true the interaction uh, level is uh, it's just you're able to uh, you're very engaged uh, with him he he brings you into the uh, the the teachings and it's it's where it's almost like you're the only one there that he's teaching. You're missing the systems. It's ideas that aren't new, but uh, it's the ways to uh, to impl- implement them into your your business. Um, it's he just puts it in a way that you feel like you can be confident coming out of here and knowing that you're going to be able to um, accomplish whatever you'd like to accomplish um, in your business. Clay doesn't try to upsell anything. He's, uh, you can, by the end of it, you believe that uh, he is really just trying to help you grow your business. You feel like he is part of your business because that's his main goal is to uh, help you out, and that's kind of how you kind of what you take away from this uh, workshop is someone that is really trying to make your um, goals uh, a reality. It's I would recommend it because it's just a unique um, experience and and one that you really feel like you're going to uh, gain something out of it. You it's going to help you um, reach your goals. Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. I know you, the listener, are made of steel, and it's always easy for you to find top talent. But for many of us, many of us mere mortals, it is it is hard to find top talent. I mean, you have a business out there. You know, the majority of businesses that we've coached tell me consistently, they say, my real estate company would be huge. This is, this is the cycle, typically, for a startup when they call us. They say, I need graphic design, I need a website, I need a print piece, I need marketing, I need sales, I need leads, I need ah. And then when they get the leads and the sales and the marketing, then Robert, they start to say what in the meeting? They start to say, hey, what company's now growing tremendously? I can't keep up. I can't keep up with all this. I, I got to find good quality people to be able to keep up with all the success that I'm having. And there's been times where companies get so successful that, that, that they sometimes implode because they're not able to keep up with the work because they don't have the great people in the organization. And here's what, and here's what I find. I find that um, a lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll just sort of settle for mediocrity, and mediocrity becomes their normal. So I'll give you an example. Robert, have you been in the man cave yet? Have you walked inside the man cave? I have not had the pleasure, but I Ooh. think there's going to be a man trip, uh, man cave trip planned for for this Sunday morning at 5 a.m. You invited me over. Yeah, 5 a.m. at nice early time, right before church. Now here's the deal: at 5 a.m. we're going to be doing uh, uh, we're going to be doing some working on some projects here at Thrivers, and you know I got to spend time with the kids, got to go to church, got a lot of obligations, a lot of things I want to do, and so 5 a.m. is a great time. No one's up, my kids won't miss me. But the point is, when you walk in that room, it's always 60. And Robert, do you know why it's always 60 degrees in the man cave? Because you love the the sixty degree temperature. I'm a man bear pig. Oh, it's just a course. thing. It's got you know, men always think it's too hot. Women think it's too cold. It's a general rule. It's a sexist rule. And so what happens is is that my temperature. I'm so used to it being sixty degrees. Occasionally, my wife will walk in the man cave. She's a great woman, and she'll walk in there, you know, and she'll go, oh, it's kind of cold. You know, I should probably adjust this like to six, like something offensive, like sixty two. 
Ooh. And I'm going, someone's been in my man cave. It feels so hot. And you're like sweating. And I say all this to say, my normal, I'm used to 60. That's my normal. Now, Stacy Purcell, our incredible guest inside the box that rocks, she's used to finding great people every day. That's what she does. Every day she finds great people. So she's used to finding great people. So for her, it's like a, a, a world of abundance. She's going, hey, calm down there. Calm down, business owner. I've got tons of contacts. I, I find great people every day. It's not so hard because she's an expert. And she just told us before we went to the break, she said there was one company that was looking for a top-level employee, and you found that person in three days. And so many Thrivers are going, how is that even possible? Three days? What? That's like 72 hours on average. I mean, so Stacy, how, how did you do it? Walk us through the story. How did you find a, a top-level talent in three days? Well, not only did I find him, but the person interviewed got an offer, accepted, and resigned from their current job all in three days. Oh, that's a money situation. So my client said, Stacy, is that the fastest placement that you've ever made? And I said, well, actually, that placement didn't start in three days. I said, I have had years of contact with this individual. I've talked to this person numerous times over the years. I already knew uh, their qualifications. I knew the career path they were on. I knew what they were looking for. I knew the timing of when they were ready to make a move. So I had already had um, knowledge of this person. So when my client reached out and said, we have this critical need, because my firm does quite a bit of work in the life sciences space, my client needed a scientist. So I reached out to this individual, got him on the phone with my client on a Thursday. My client talked with him by, I think it was six o'clock that evening, this person was on an airplane going halfway across the country for the interview that was to take place on Friday. He didn't even have a chance to go home and pack a bag, Uh, get to the airport, interviewed the next morning, went back home. uh, And then my client made him an offer. He resigned. And uh, all that all all that happened in three days. You know what's happening here, Robert, for the listeners, some of the listeners who've been struggling to find people for a long time, you know, you know, what's starting to happen in the minds of some of our listeners here? They're, they're getting nauseous. They're getting sick. They're going, how's this possible? Oh, I feel so nauseous. How, how is it possible? You almost feel bad when you, you know, if you ever went to a basketball game, like an NBA game. Yeah. And you think you're pretty good because you can jump up and touch the rim, you know, or when I was in high school, you know, I could, you know, if the, if the ball caromed right, you could dunk it. And you're like, oh man, I could jump like 30 inches. Oh man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm a six foot, you know, right. guy who can dunk. Right. Then you go see a guy who's like six foot who can just dunk with two hands and just when you just feel decimated, you feel almost depressed. I think a lot of thrivers are just feeling kind of bad about themselves, thinking about how good she is at recruiting. Stacy, pick them up a little bit. What would you What would you say to the to the thriver out there, to the listener out there who says, "I'm struggling to find top talent"? Please help. What would you say to him? Well, I would, you know, sometimes business owners might be a little hesitant to invest in an executive recruiter services because they might think, well, this is a bit pricey, it's expensive, I'll do it on my own. But the reality of the situation is sometimes having that vacant position open is more expensive than investing in executive recruiter. Like the story I just talked about, I found the person in three days. If my client had tried to do that on his own, he would still be looking for somebody. Well, you know, Thrivers, here's one, here's, a th- here's a deep thought here for you. Do you have anybody in your organization who's an underperformer? I mean, do you have anybody at all in your company who's just a complete sloth? I'm talking about a carp. I'm talking about this is the kind of person you can find at the bottom of the lake, right there by the dam where all the plankton's down there, you know, this carp, you know. This is, do you have an underperformer? Perhaps you do. Perhaps, or perhaps maybe you're trying to hire somebody, but you don't want to tell the whole world you're trying to hire somebody. You, know, you want to hire somebody, but you're, you don't want to tell the whole world. So, Stacey, if I'm listening and I have an underperformer on my team, this person is at the bottom of the barrel, 
They are not good in terms of performance. How can you help? Well, I just did that for one of our clients. I had a client that had an individual in a very senior level leadership role who was not meeting expectations. So my client reached out to me and said, we've got to find a replacement for this person, but we don't want to let them go until we identify the replacement. So they hired me. And what I did is under the radar. So this ad, I didn't place ads. I couldn't publicly make this position known, but I confidentially reached out to people on the phone and made sure they were qualified, talked to them about my client's opportunity, identified people that were qualified and interested, sent them to my client. My client went through an interview process. They made an offer. They hired somebody. All that was done. Um, Contract was signed. Person accepted the offer. And then my client uh, had to let the person go. Oh, wow. Now, Thrivers, I'm telling you what, Stacy can help you. Now, Stacy, what is uh, the website where Tulsa can get in touch with you, where the people in Nashville listening can get in touch with you, the people listening in Toronto can uh, get in touch with you? We have Thrivers in Singapore, all over the planet. I mean, where can people get in touch with you? What's the website? What, what, what's the phone number? It's the PurcellGroup.com with an S. So it's the Purcell, P-U-R-S-E-L-L, group.com. Our phone number is 918-488-3900. And there's about two people out there that still want to use a fax machine because uh, they like that sound. And they just love that. There's something magical, Robert, about that sound. If they want to fax you, do you have a fax number now or just just website and phone number? Well, I do have a fax number, but uh, because we're all automated, we yeah. don't have a way to store faxed resumes. So if you fax your <laughs> resume, we'll probably never find you again. Uh, or if you're an employer. That's I, the first time I've ever heard on the radio. Hey, can, can you give everyone your fax number? Well, In case someone wants to send a fax, let's get the fax number for well, you. Robert, Thrivers now can text any question to 918-851-6920. 918-851-6920. And the Thrivers are, are kind of now just discovering this idea. And so we had a Thriver who texted us a question today that blew my mind, okay? They said, what is the first step that I should take when creating a checklist for certain positions in my company? This is a Thriver in Florida. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a great question that we could ask the staffing wizard and we'd have a little bit of fun with it. So when we come back, we're going to answer the question from a Thriver who texted us at 918-851-6920, wanting to know what's the first step to make a checklist for hiring new staff it's going to be incredible it's going to be awesome it could change your life stay tuned it's the thrive time show on your radio my name is nikki warren and i'm from tulsa oklahoma the name of my business is the mocha butterfly and i'm a fashion designer i heard about the thrive time business workshops through a dear friend of mine and I got a chance to meet with Clay and Dr. Z. And uh, as I talked to them a little bit more, uh, I loved what they were doing and it just made me you know, more intrigued because I really wanted to grow my business. Well, what I've learned is that uh, for, for my business in particular, uh, marketing is needing to be, you know, get it, I need to step it up a lot more and, and the, uh, just focusing in on some key things to get that really going is gonna really get me where I wanna go with my goals. I think it's fun, it's a fun atmosphere, uh, which most business oriented, you know, I'm an artistic, you know, artsy person, 
and I tend to lose interest very quickly if I don't have something to keep me engaged and you know the humor the real life experience um, and the casualness of it is just really engaging for me and it's just very relatable and so for me I am having a, a, a ball like I was so excited to come yesterday I was had I had butterflies literally <laughs> butterflies in my stomach and uh, I'm just really excited to be here well uh, it's an interesting place it's got a lot of uh, words of affirmation and quotes and things like that very positive environment um, the people here are very nice and friendly and I love the way the uh, room is set up it's very open space type of a uh, model and um, like I said, it's it's a it's more of a casual environment. It's not stuffy and professional. You know, like it's professional, but it's not stuffy professional. There is a difference, and so it's very warm and inviting here. Love the teaching style. Love the presentation. Uh, very organized and easy to follow. Um, and like I said, the real life experience and the humor just adds that much more to it. I know people who go to different workshops and. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they're grasping all of what's being presented there, but I am almost 100% sure that if they come to a workshop like this one, they will get some great golden information that's going to help them meet their goals if they're willing to apply what they hear. There's no upselling here, um, which I, that wasn't really a big concern for me, but if, we're, if I were talking to someone who's very concerned about upselling, I would tell them that they have no worries here and that, like I, you know, I think that this uh, environment is very relaxed, inviting, warm, and engaging. And so even it, it does actually makes you wonder, like, what else, what else is there? I won't lie about that. Uh, so it's kind of more of an independent intrigue rather than someone pushing you into the intrigue of what else is offered. Um, I recommend coming to this workshop because it is um, intimate, an intimate setting, uh, great people. I've met some really cool people doing some cool businesses and the teaching style and the presentation is awesome. Oh, I start. First you wanna go to the left and you wanna turn right Oh, Thrive Nation, welcome back into the conversation. It's the Thrive Time Show on the radio. It's finally business school without the BS. And Robert, today I went into a deep dive. You know, I went into this deep dive. You know, a lot of times I, I, I dwell on things. I focus on things. You, know. you, you, you do more deep dive than an Olympian and uh, a diving competition every Oh, day. nice, nice. I'm kind of like the Jacques Cousteau of deep diving. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, the Jacques Cousteau of deep diving. Now, can you explain to the thrivers who don't maybe know me, who aren't around me, when we say deep dive, or I'm going to work on that in my meta time, can you kind of explain to the thrivers what that, what that means? Yeah, sure. So something that I see you do a lot of times is you have your daily to-do list. It's printed out every day, uh, every day. And there's some issues that come out in the daily to-do list. It's like, you know what? I'm so busy throughout the day having to manage so many different things. I have to set a time aside, set time aside to really think, to, to marinate, to think deeply. And so when I understand deep dive, th th that really just means to marinate or to think very deeply about something specifically. And typically, when do I have time to do it? I mean, I, I have five kids. You know, you, you see the schedule. You know, I mean, typically, when, when do I weave, weave in my deep dive time? Uh, usually, from what I know about you, is it's between about like 3 a.m. to, to 9 a.m. Mm. typically, 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. Mm. And, and, and by the way, deep diving... Uh, 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 to-do list, all this that we're talking about, 
We cover all of that at our upcoming two-day workshops. What do you April, mean? When is it? It's, it's April 21st and April 22nd. I know some people might say, that's insane. You get up at 3 a.m., deep dives. Uh, uh, I go to bed uh, at 9. To-do list. How do you do it all? You got five kids. Well, that's something that we have actually schedule a uh, 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 cover is scheduling and time blocking and, and, and prioritization and time management at our two-day workshops. That's April 21st and 22nd. It's so a Friday, Saturday, 15 hours. You got to be there. Now, Robert, when's our, our coaching meeting? You know, when do we, we have a coaching meeting every Friday. <laughs> when does that meeting start? The coaching meeting on Friday starts uh, at 5 a.m. 5 a.m.? So we have a meeting at 5 a.m.? The meeting begins at, at 5 a.m. Oh, so what time do you have to wake up? Uh, between 3.30 and 4 a.m. Oh, so you see, that's when you find time. Because the problem is we're always booked out. We never can keep, we have more clients to reach out to us than what we can keep up with. So we have to find time. And so what we've, decide, what we've decided to do as a coaching unit, as a team, is we're now having you text in any business questions that you have to 918-851-6920. Someone says, can you bring it back? Oh, I'll bring it back like an old school DJ. <laughs> What is the first step that I should take when creating a checklist for certain positions in my company? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off, and then I want Stacy to kind of chime in. We'll kind of work on okay. it. You know, I mean, she can okay. be like the backseat driver. She can right. do it better than I did. Okay. Hopping. So here's the deal. What you want to do when you're creating a checklist for certain positions is you want to first off block off two hours of time to do nothing but to think about it, and then you want to ask yourself what are all the things that this employee needs to do as part of their job. And you want to go, what are all the things? You keep saying it. I encourage you to say it out loud, and I encourage you to stand up while asking yourself this question. Say it out loud? Stand up? Yeah, you actually, your brain works better when you stand up, and you just walk around, you pace around, going, what are all the things that an employee needs to do you know, to, in this position? And you get out a, you get out a clipboard, mm-hmm. and you write it down, and you go, do you really talk to yourself? Yeah, you know, only only crazy people like Albert Einstein, you know, and Steven Spielberg, you know, and Jesus Jim, Christ, Jim Stovall, you know, people like that are, are known to actually positively affirm themselves, you know, talk to themselves, deeply question. That's that's a weird idea. And only only successful people do that. So if you don't if you, if you, if you don't want to be successful, that's okay. You don't have to do it. But the thing about it is, eccentric people, you know, that's eccentric means most people, and most people, according to Time Magazine, have less than four hundred dollars saved, and you as the thriver are not most people. So what you want to do is you want to have $400 saved. You want to be eccentric. You want to get ahead of the game. So to get ahead of the game, you have to block out time, two hours. And then when you block out those two hours, you want to ask yourself, what are all the things that employees need to do, that that, that position needs to do? And then here comes the stuff where Stacy comes in, I mean, because she knows all this stuff. But you got to have... You got to have all the forms, all the government forms. You got to have the non-compete contract, the handbook. You got to have what an I nine. You got to have a right to work document. Stacy, there's a lot of documents you have to have in place when you're hiring people. I think that's maybe one of the advantages of a staffing company is you kind of have the whole. You have the process of hiring people nailed down, don't you? Well, what I do is a little bit different from mm. a staffing company, though, because, uh, and I can explain that in a minute, but just yeah. to go back to your um, checklist, because uh, the first thing, like you said, Clay, is to identify what the person is going to do exactly in the job, and then identify uh, what your expectations of them are, both their short, your short and long-term goals. So what do you want them to have done in their first 30, 60, 90 days in 12 months? Uh, the next thing that you need to do is talk to the people that are going to be working with this person, who's going to be, who they're going to be 
reporting to? Who are they going to be working with? Are they going to be managing people? And get feedback from the group of people that they're going to be interacting with and find out from those people what they think this position looks like too and make sure everybody's on the same page. And then what you need to do is identify exactly what qualifications uh, this person needs to have in order to be hired. Now back to my point, uh, what my firm does, we do executive search and recruiting, which is different than staffing. Uh, When I think of staffing, I think of people are are walking in the door, they're looking for positions. um, And then the company that's a staffing company, they put them on their payroll. Uh, What I do is a little different. I do direct hire placement. So my clients are hiring these people, they're on uh, their payroll, and I don't actually have to deal with any of those government forms. Oh, you don't deal with the government. So you, you you help find top talent. Now, for anybody who's listening who says, okay, what's, what's the difference between a staffing company and an executive recruiter? I mean, for someone who goes, okay, I kind of get it, but what makes you different from a typical quote-unquote staffing company? Well, executive search and recruiting is, I do more of the direct hire placement. So companies hire me to find top talent. And these are people that are usually not looking for a job. I have to go and and hunt them and and recruit them for my client. Uh, When I think of a staffing company, I think people are coming in, they're applying for uh, positions, and then the the staffing company sends them out. A lot of times it's on temporary assignments or or temp to perm. Um, And some of these people are actively looking for a position versus they have a job and they're being recruited. But with staffing companies, a lot of times the staffing company, the person is the employee of the staffing company. Where in my line of work, I don't employ the people that I'm recruiting for my client. I recruit them for my client. My client hires them and employs them and they're the ones that pay them. Now, Thrivers, uh, Thrivers, when we, when we come back, okay, after this, after this next break here, Stacey's going to break it down. She'll be talking about the value that recruiters and search firms bring to the hiring process. And I'm telling you what, during, during this lunch break, you could be doing several things, Robert. I mean, you could be right now, the Thrivers, they have many options. I mean, they could go inside, outside, they could get in their car. They, they could, could go to Oklahoma Joe's. They could do that. Beans. And it is a game changer if you do it. And so I'm telling you what, if you want to invest $9 in, in, in having a, a, you know, getting one step closer to a perfect life. Okay. I encourage you to go over to Oklahoma Joe's. And it's not just because they're a sponsor of the show and I'm a shameless homer for the, I'm not, it's, it's not like, I just uh, talk positively about people who put their money where my mouth is. You see what I just said there? It's not like I just talk <laughs> positively about the people who put their money where my mouth is. It's because I, I really do. My son and I, we go there on our or mandates. We go to Oklahoma Joe's. We always get the baked beans. They're a game changer. And I'm t- my daughter now likes them. Havana likes them. I got one of my other daughters that likes them. So I've got, I've got two daughters of the four that like them. I mean, it's a game changer. Two daughters. And if they were on the show, you'd be talking to these, you know, five-year-olds going, hey, girls, you know, do you like Oklahoma Joe's? And they go, no, because they are because <laughs> they don't have taste buds that are fully developed. Yet. Right, of course. So now also, also, Robert, during the, during the break, people could go to thrivetimeshow.com and learn more about our in-person workshop that Tulsa's That's talking right. about. So can, can you tell the Thrivers what the in-person workshop is all about and when it is? Yeah, so the uh, workshops, they're coming up April 21st, 22nd. It's the only business workshop, two days, 15 hours, intensive business coaching, where you're going to actually learn the systems that will build and grow your business. It's not motivation. It's it's hard, fact-based learning to, to grow your business. And there's no upsells. What? No Stay upsells. tuned. Thrivetimeshow.com. My name is O'Neill Bent, and I'm from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I first heard about the uh, business workshops through my wife, Sharita Bent, and uh, I learned a lot more from her. And also, I got follow-up calls from different members of the organization. 
Some of the things I've learned uh, about starting my business through Thrive is uh, making sure I'm spending my money on the things I need to spend it on. For instance, uh, like my search engine optimization, uh, my marketing, I'm constantly reviewing the content that I have on my website, and um, that's just a few of the things. The overall experience I've had from the Thrive Time workshop has been uh, wonderful. I love how uh, everything that we learn is practical. It's not based off of book knowledge. It's not based off of uh, someone else's ideas. It's based off things that have actually worked and uh, have been tried and true. When you walk in, I mean, we came into a smell of wood burning. Um, There's a chimney outside, so we walked to the building. And when you get inside, you almost feel like there's like a, I, I don't know if it's, it's like a pub slash club slash work environment. It just feels really good. You have music blaring, uh, friendly faces, people saying hello. And then when you sit down in your seat, you have uh, nice, uh, comfortable chairs, a wooden desk to work on, um, and everything looks modern. So it's a, it's a really refreshing feeling. Clay's uh, presentation and, and teaching style is very um, efficient effective. It's also endearing though because he's, he's very comical. He'll talk about different things he's been through um, and they're all very funny but he also hits the exact points he needs to hit the right time. Um, you never feel like man is he ever gonna stop talking? You always want to keep listening and then when it's the bathroom break time your surprise is already there. So um, I like how he talks about these practical experiences and uh, it's very enjoyable. The interaction of the workshop is, is mostly uh, Clay will, will give you information that you need to know, but then he also opens it up for questions. So there's always this um, question and response type of situation. And then there's certain things where um, he'll direct you to do things, and it's because he knows that that's the way to go. You might question it, but I highly encourage you just to listen and do. And to jump into a business and think that you know everything is um, the most prideful, arrogant thing you could ever do. But to come here and to speak to someone who's already done this many times, has directed several businesses, and can give you wisdom and, and information, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I think uh, you, you can never do anything on your own. You have to have other people around you to help you. And he's definitely helpful. The experience I've, I've had at coming to the Thrive Time uh, workshops is I was never upsold anything. I mean, I come in, they do exactly what they say they're gonna do, and they leave it up to you to follow up and do the work. And uh, I think that's the way it should be. So it's very straightforward and they do what they say. I recommend that everybody should, should check out Thrive Time Workshop because there's so much knowledge and information there that you can use to help you run your business. And like I said before, I, I don't think you can do anything completely on your own. And when you have so much um, resource and knowledge in one area, you can use all of that and, and get exactly what you need. Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show is where you go to get your daily mojo. And it's the place where many of you have now found business school without the BS. And I, and I did I did some deep research over the break, and I just want to share with you what I what I have. And again, you know, Robert, you went to Oral Roberts University. Yes. And how many years were you there? Uh, four 
four solid years at ORU. Did you live on the dorms or did you live off I campus? Did, I lived on the greatest floor uh, on, at ORU. It was called a, uh, MOG. Uh, it was five south. Did you uh, compete in intramural sports? Oh yeah, sounds a little oh, yeah. sounds a little normal. Okay, so, so so can I just say one sport we we competed in? It was called uh, it was basketball. We played C League basketball. We had a team called the Mog Fowlers. The Mog Fowlers. We had the Mog Fowlers, and and do you know what our goal was for each game? <laughs> to foul out. Foul out. <laughs> if every single player would try to get six fouls per game, and if any player got six fouls, they got an award. They got a prize. <laughs> And one time we actually made it to double digit points one game and we walked away from the game celebrating in the middle of the game. We all cheered because we never gotten double digits. We never scored past nine points before. So we scored 11 <laughs> points one day, one game. And so, yeah, that, that, that's the kind of intramurals that I play. Okay. Well, you, well you, you had a few math classes, I'm sure, at college, right? Maybe one or two. Yeah. Math and society. Uh, I still you, don't know what that means, but yeah, I had math and society. Did you have algebra at all or did you already have that in high school? Uh, college algebra, yeah, and statistics. Okay. So I want you to do the math on this, okay? I want oh you to we'll break it down. We'll write down these numbers, do the math here. I was on the University of Tulsa website, you know, just looking around there, yeah. kind of nosing around, you know, and I found that like the, to go to school there, you know, business college, business school, whatever, it's about $53,000 a year. 53, five, three. Now, uh, I'm not sure, you know, how the value of money, what that means to you, Thrivers, but, you know, I was thinking about 53,000 and then I was thinking about, our business school, you know, Thrive, you know, and I was thinking, I was like, it's a dollar, you know, Thrive's a dollar, you know, it's a, it's a dollar. I mean, do you go to thrive15.com? I mean, what's a dollar? I oh, mean, you're, you're going too fast, Clay. I got to get, so, so he said 53,000. Yeah, 53,000. And you he know? said, and we, we charge a dollar. You know, I was thinking myself, where if you, you know, you take 53,000, you know, you minus the one. And, you, the one. and I was like, well, we actually, it's, 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 it's actually $20 after the first month. The first month is a dollar. So I thought, well, you do $20 a month for 12 months you know, in, a, in a typical standard year. Right. It's 12 months. So twelve. So it's like $240. Right. So if you take 53000 you know, minus, minus 240 I was just trying to figure out the math there. Is, it, is that less? Is, is $53,000 more or less than $240? I just wanted to get some clarification from a, college, from a college graduate like yourself. So I was a college graduate. I was a theology major, mm. right? I, I was a theology major, so, so there wasn't a lot of math that I did. But mm. uh, uh, if I was taking a true-false test? Yeah, right? yeah, which you did in college. Right, right. And, and if you're asking me, is, is 53,000 uh, 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 greater than yeah, uh, 240? Just round it up or, or down it down, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would assume true. That's that's my best guess, true. How much was college at ORU when you went there, by the way? Was it $7 a year? Was it 1000 a year? 10000 How much was it when you were going to Oral Roberts University? So... I think it was above $100,000. To go there for four years? For four years. Wow. And you know what, Thrivers? That uh, Look this up. I encourage you. You know that most small businesses in, in America today, since 1995, 65% of all of the jobs were created by small businesses. I repeat, since 1995, 65% of all jobs have been created by small businesses. And for the doubting Thomas out there, hi, Thomas, how you doing? Go, go, go ahead and Google that what I just told you, and then Forbes. 65% of all jobs have been created by small businesses. Forbes. There you'll find a Forbes magazine article that supports this idea. And did you know that the majority of small businesses were started for less than $50,000? And so you start to go, oh, oh my gosh, oh, oh no, oh, no. This, th if, this, if this trend continues... Perhaps. Well, then you say, well, you know what? Those are outliers. And so I made a list of, of people that um, 
I, I don't want to be sacrilegious, but you might want to put them on your on your prayer list, or at least your 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 Robert. Does your mom put stuff on on the uh, refrigerator? Someone you're thinking about, someone you need to keep in your prayers, or someone yep. you need to think about? Okay. A, a giant picture of her favorite son, me. So these are people who are are struggling, you know, to make it, or who 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 struggled to make it because they didn't have a degree. I'm going to read off the names and then just add them to the refrigerator, okay, Thrivers. So here we go. These people didn't have a degree, so they just struggled through life, or they're still struggling. Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that guy was a one, one tremendous failure. I mean, uh, A.P. Giannini, the guy who started Bank of America? Mm. Is Bank of America going to work? Is that idea going to work? I mean, I, I've, I've heard of the startup. And, Andrew and Carnegie, you know, the founder of the steel industry. I don't know if it's going to work out. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe ben, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Did Benjamin Franklin do anything outside of the bifocals and, the you know, helping us secure, you know, kind of that partnership with France that kind of beat the other guys? In, and Inventing electricity, something like Bill that. Bill Gates. Is it going to work out for Bill Gates? Or is it going to happen? Is he going to make it? I don't know. Dave Thomas from, you know, Wendy's. I mean... I don't know, David Green from Hobby Lobby. Just keep Hobby Lobby. You know, he started Hobby Lobby for $600. Did you know that? Which is, I think is less than $100,000 if you, if, you, if you round it up. And, and Clay, I'm seeing another name on this list that you forgot to mention. Hmm. Clay Clark. Oh, yeah. Well, did, did, he, he didn't yeah. turn out very well. He just yeah, has his own I'm radio show. I'm hoping it's going to work out. I just, you know, I'm stuck on the, you know, doing stuff like a radio show and running companies. And it, but, but if I could just go back and get the validation in that, in that college experience that I didn't, I missed out on, because I really haven't had a good life. It's been a struggle. I haven't mm-hmm. met any new people. I haven't enjoyed life since, since I've and, missed and out on And you missed out on the Mog Fowlers. I mean, just think you could be paying $100,000 to be on a C-League basketball team fouling out. <laughs> okay. So today we are talking today, Thrivers, we are talking about uh, helping you. Because whether you graduated or not, you, you, you found yourself in a place where you either own a business or you want to. And one thing you're going to struggle with quickly if you're good at selling something is you're going to struggle to find good people unless you have kind of a secret weapon. And Robert, you know what? I, you, you know that you know Tulsa's secret weapon is for executive recruiting, not staffing, but executive recruiting, finding the top people. Do you know who it is? I'm gonna take a wild guess. Miss Stacy Purcell. Stacy Purcell, she's on the show. Stacy, for anyone just tuning in, how are you? Doing great. I'm glad to be here, Clay. Hey, what's your website? I mean, what's your website? What's your phone number? Website is www.thepurcellgroup.com, and that's with an S, P-U-R-S-E, I'm sorry, it's the, T-H-E, P-U-R-S-E-L-L group.com. Our phone number is 918-488-3900. And here we go, Thrivers. This is the next point we're talking about when it comes to recruiting top people. The value that recruiters and search firms bring to the hiring process. So if I'm a doubter, if I'm listening going, Whatever. I don't believe you, Stacey. What, what, what value do recruiters and search firms actually bring to the hiring process? Well, the first value that we bring to the hiring process is to find the best talent for the position, the most qualified person, not just any person or the best person looking for a position. But then secondly, we save the employer time, money, energy, and effort. Time, break, break that down. You said time. How do you save them time? Because it's what we do all day long on a daily basis while you're running your business. We're in the trenches talking to hundreds of candidates a week. We're interviewing them, qualifying them, uh, and, and distinguishing top talent from those who are not top talent. How do you save people money? I mean, don't, don't you get paid to do what you do? How do you save people money? Save them money by them not making a hiring mistake and not, not hiring the wrong person for the position, but we help them to get the best person for the position. So you're saying you help people save time, you help them save money. What else do you help them do? 
well, they're, then they are able to focus on running their business and not taking time off. Plus, you know, a lot of business owners don't know how to conduct a search. Uh, they don't know the first step where to go and find the top talent. That's what we do for a living. Just like if you had a you know messed up sink in your house, you know, most people wouldn't try to fix it themselves. They'd call a plumber. Or if you needed a heart surgeon to fix your heart, you're not going to try to do it yourself. You're going to hire a professional heart surgeon to do I it. I try to do it myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that works for me. As a theologian, he believes strongly in heaven, and he wants to get there quickly. The so. laying on of hands. So here, here is the deal. According to a, a, a study that was done by Deloitte, a 2016 millennial survey said that 66% of the tattooed, indifferent wanderers through life called millennials, <laughs> these, these people, 66% of these people, they're looking for a, a, to, go to, to, to go to a different organization by the year 2020, which means that's different goals. Than, as an example, if you're a millennial, your name's probably uh, Skyler. You know, you'd probably talk. People say, how are you doing? You say, I'm doing fine. You say, so let me ask you, what are your political views? And you say, well, whatever, you know, whatever. My name's Skyler. You know, and then if you're somebody who owns a business, let's say you're in your 60s, your name's probably Ralph. There's probably a Ralph or a, um, a Robert. Robert. Uh, yeah, you're kind of an old school name. You're kind of an old soul, my man. I know, but 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 I'm. Uh, you're, you're talking about my people here, the millennials. There's a lot stuff. of Williams out there that own a business trying to hire a Skyler. You know, Maybe that's my middle name, by the way, Robert William. You know, a lot of there's a lot of a lot of um, uh, young ladies out there named Hamilton right now. Hamilton or, or Madison, a name that could be either or. It's kind of a very, uh, it's, it's just, it's a whole new naming system now. Now, now we name kids Hamilton and Madison and Skyler. Yeah, there's all these names like Lily. Lily's a new name. Old school, though, would be like, you know, Mabel. You know, Mabel. Now, Ma- so if you're listening right now and your name is Mabel and you're trying to hire Skyler, or if your name is William, and you're trying to hire, you know, somebody. You're going, I don't even want to hire a millennial, but you have to because they know coding, and you're going, kids today will never use the people. People in the future will never use the website. And then you realize, wait a minute, everyone's starting to use the Google that Google thing. People are on that. Wait a minute, no one will ever use that book face website, that face Snapchat thing. No one's going to use that YouTube. No one's going to use that stuff. And then you realize, oh no, everyone's using that stuff. So now you have to hire a millennial. We come back. Stacey's going to talk to you a little bit about a little bit about again how she and her staffing company, her daughter staffing, her executive recruiting company, which is not a staffing company, how they can help you find top talent. Robert, I'm excited. You're excited. I think we're all pretty excited. Robert, are you excited? I am stoked. Woo! He's on fire. Watch out. Thrivetimeshow.com. I'm Sam Parker. Okay. I'm Karina Parker. And we live here in town. Um, we're looking to be in like the food industry. Thrive Time workshops, we've learned about advertising and what we need to do to get our name out there, what we need to do to get to the top of Google, uh, you know, the necessary steps that we need to take right now to get to where we want to be. The Thrive Time workshop experience is, is really um, encouraging and it's, it's great hands-on um, information and stuff that we can relate to because we're able to talk to people here that are going through the same stuff that we are. There's motivation everywhere. If you don't feel motivated, then something's wrong with you. He's very upbeat. All over the walls. Uh, He's very funny, uh, like a comedian, but at the same time, he wants you to learn 
And so if you have any questions, he's willing to help you and uh, talk you through anything, any questions that you have, but at the same time making it fun and encouraging for you. He's also very candid. He doesn't hold anything back that most people are like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's offensive. Yeah, you can tell he, he's being real. He doesn't real. care about offending people. No, he just wants to help you. <laughs> so I heard an advertisement that said to leave your wallet at home, and I mean, that's what it's been the whole time. It hasn't been like, oh, make sure you stop by our table in the back and buy 10 books and sign up for a two-year subscription with us. It was just like, hey, you know, what we do offer, there wasn't pressure, and it's a month-to-month -month thing. It's not like you're signing your life away. I used to believe we were burning on the edge of something beautiful, something beautiful. Selling a dream, smoking mirrors keep us waiting on a miracle, on a miracle. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I'm telling you what, this is the show where we go deep into things that you can control. Let, let, me, let me explain this to you. Let me kind of explain this idea to you. Um, Robert, I'm going to talk politics for just, just a minute. This is not a political show, but I'm just right. going to give you an example, okay? Okay. Um, I happen to be a libertarian, which means that I want government to basically get out of my way and let me just do life, Right. And you, the, and you, the listener, might be a moderate, you might be a liberal, you might be a conservative, you might be a liberal, you might be a conservative, you might have all these different worldviews. But the thing is, is that I, as a, as a libertarian, I want a flat tax. So I want there just to be a flat tax. You know what I mean? I want it like everything I buy, I want it to cost like 20% except for food and shelter. Work with me. So that way, if I buy a bunch of stuff I want to buy, like a boat or a car or a bunch of neat accoutrements, you know, I pay more taxes because I spend more money. And then people who are struggling to afford uh, the ability for food and shelter, they don't pay much taxes at all. That would be my system. I kind of like a consumption tax. And if you run the math and you look it all up, it kind of makes sense. But at the end of the day, it probably will never happen. And you know why it won't ever happen, Robert? Why is that? Because I have, years ago, I ran for mayor and I did, I did the American dream. I ran for mayor and lost. The American dream, <laughs> running for mayor and losing. Yeah, so what happened was I had sold a business, had a ton of time freedom, really didn't need to ever work again. Someone says, hey, you know, Kathy Taylor is going to run unopposed. Mayor Taylor is going to run unopposed. You should go for it. And I'm like, so I call the likely candidates, and they said they're not running. So I go for it. And I met all the politicians. I met, and er, it, with an exception of Randy Brogdon, uh, Tom Coburn, and just a handful of people, I discovered that people on the Republican side of the ticket didn't give a crap at all about the state of the country. And do you know what their number one goal was, Robert? What's that? I met these people. I met all these people. It was amazing. I mean, there's a few good people out there, but as a general rule, it was kind of like somebody vomited and I found a few kernels of corn. Kind of gross. <laughs> and so what happened is I discovered that these, that these, that these people, their goal was to get reelected. And so they didn't care. So as an example, let's just say that I was elected in a weird tw twist of events. I was elected to be president, okay? Okay. In my job, I said, as a, as a president of the United States, I will immediately balance the budget and we will pay off the deficit. Let's do step one. Do you know what the national debt is per person right now, Robert, roughly? Per person? It's like $69,000. Okay. So I would say step number one, let's issue a bill to everyone for $69,000 immediately. And then let's charge penalties if it's late. So move number two is we're going to put all the expenses on the screen. I'm going to do my, my, you know, my presidential address. You know, the State of the Union. Yeah. I'm going to say, hello, America. I'm your new president. This is my whiteboard. And what I'm going to do today is on the left, I've listed all the expenses. And on the right, I've put all the income. 
And what I'm going to do today on national TV is I'm going to go and balance the budget. So am I going to cut schools? Am I going to cut the military? Am I going to cut medical, social security? Who do we don't even know? It's going to be an awesome game show. And because I'm good at the hooks, because I have a radio show, you want to stay tuned because we come back, we're going to find out what's going to get cut. <laughs> and then I'll have a little band playing on my, my show. will be The Let's most see. entertaining episode of C-SPAN ever. And I'll say, what's going to get cut? Who's going to get cut? So then that'd be my move, right? And then what would happen is to balance the budget, I would eventually have to irritate half of the people. Because if you cut schools, you're like, oh, you'd hate schools. If you said, I, I love schools, I'm going to cut military. You hate the military. You have to make somebody mad because the goal of an elected official is to make the majority of people happy. Nothing will ever get done. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because this is, this is why political shows have their place. But in my mind, they're about as valuable. In my mind, for many, many political shows are about as valuable as watching Jeopardy. You know what I mean? Because you watch Jeopardy, if someone wins, someone loses, Wheel of Fortune. But at the end of the day, how does that affect your life? You know what I mean? So I encourage you. This is the show we listen to where if you want to learn how to grow a business, which, by the way, can impact your life, then uh, this is the show for you. Because I know many people who are poor no matter who the president is. You know, President Obama, they're like, oh, man, with Obama, all the laws, I can't make any money, you know. And then it switches over to Trump. And they're like, you know, with Trump, you know, I can't make any money with Trump. You know, he's too chaotic. You know, With Bush, oh, my gosh, he keeps changing all the rules. And with Clinton, I couldn't ever make money with Clinton. No, it's you. It's up to you. Nobody cares about your success more than you, right? So Proverbs 10.4, which I believe is a universal law that supersedes our government law. Proverbs 10.4 says that God blesses the hand of the diligent and punishes the slackered, a.k.a. if you don't sow seeds, nothing will grow. A.k.a. Skyler. Skyler. And so on today's show, we're talking about things that you can actually apply. Actionable this is the, this, this, the whole show is about actionable solutions. So if you're listening right now and you've ever said, I cannot find good people, I'm struggling to find good people. If, if that's you, put your hand up and then put it down because it's kind of weird you're listening to a radio show. But if you can't find good people, put your hand up, then put it down immediately because it's kind of weird. But the thing is, if you have, if you struggle to find good people, Stacey, I mean, help, help the thrivers out there. If When you talk to business owners, if you had to guess, I mean... Do the majority of business owners struggle to find good people, or is it just weird people that struggle to find good people? I mean, what you know, do the majority of businesses struggle to find top talent? I think the majority of businesses struggle to find top talent. I think top talent is becoming more challenging to find. And why is that? In your mind, if you had to, I mean, this isn't like a political show, but I just want to ask you, why, why do you think it's hard to find? I mean, was it, has it always been hard to find top talent, or is this kind of a new thing, or what, what's, what's going on? Well, the baby boomers are retiring Mm. Um, the millennials are changing jobs. Their millennials will change jobs four times in their first 10 years out of college. So if you're a business owner, you need to constantly be looking for talent because those millennials in your organization are, you're probably not going to be there in a, in a couple of years. And one thing I thought about, I thought about this the other day and I thought about doing it and I said, you know, what, Robert, I'm not going to do it. I thought about doing it, but I'm not going to do it. I've, I've thought about it is, you know, when babies are born, you know, babies are young. Have you ever been around a young baby, Robert? Uh, uh, one, one or two times. I have seen a young baby. I do know about young babies. So, yeah, yeah I, th I think I'm following you. So I thought about one day just yelling at a baby, just going to the baby and saying, young baby, you millennial mindset, you're, you're depleting America. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. You can't yell at a baby. You probably yell at the parents who trained the baby oh. to become an indifferent drifter. Right? Just a, just a thought. Just a thought. So, Stacey, if I'm, if I'm listening right now and I'm struggling to find good people, okay, we, we were talking about how the value that recruiters and search firms bring to the hiring process is you're saving people time, you're saving them money. What other value do you bring to the recruiting and hiring process? Well, besides saving them time and money, we save them effort 
energy, and then we help them to make sure they hire the right person for the position, not just the best person that's looking for a position. You know, a lot of times what an employer will do when they have an open position, the first thing they'll do is just go and you know post a job ad on their website. Well, people that are gainfully employed are typically not looking on your website to see what jobs you have available because they have a job, so wait, they're wait, not wait, looking wait, for wait, a job. You, you, because you have, you're like a, you, you are like a wizard of recruitment. You just said the top people who are, who already have a job are probably not looking for a job. What, what, what did you, what did you mean by that? Well, the top five or ten percent of people in the marketplace are those that are highly regarded. They have a good job. They're being compensated well. They're they're not looking for a job, so they're not reading that job ad on your website. So they have to be sought out. They have to be identified, sought out, and recruited away from the organization they're employed with today. You know, one one time, Robert, I got I got suckered into an Oklahoma City Thunder game. You want you want to hear the story, Robert? Do you want to hear that the time I got suckered into an Oklahoma City Thunder game? You got game? suckered? Well, what do you mean suckered? Well, I got a call. I sold the DJ business, you know, and a person calls me, goes, "Hey, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you." And I'm going, "Really? That's, it feels great to be someone thinking about you, you know?" Right. So the first thing I think about is that song, "I've been thinking about you." And so, but then the next thing I thought about was, "Okay, why are you inviting me to a Thunder game?" This was a person who does HR at a big oil and gas company you know what i mean yeah what would be going through your mind because you, you know recruit you know you know how the recruitment game is what, right what do you think is probably happened uh they they, they probably uh have been thinking about you want to hang out with you because they know that uh, you're a huge lover of uh, kevin durant r.i.p and the oklahoma city thunder but kevin durant played during that time okay so here's what happened is they um they reached out to me because they knew that i had sold a business and they needed somebody who could do ongoing staff training you know, and they thought, okay, I could, pro- you know, you could probably, because you, you own a business and you've owned businesses and you've trained a lot of people, I bet you'd be great. So I got offered this really sweet deal and I wasn't applying for a job. And it sounds to me that's what you what you do as an executive recruiter. You're finding people that already are, they're good at what they do and you're trying to uh, convince them that there's other opportunity to opportunities out there. Is that right, Stacy? That's exactly right. You know, the other day I was having a lunch with, uh, we, my firm works a lot in the life science space. So I was having lunch with a doctor the other day and he worked in private practice in a clinical in medicine. And uh, he said that one of the drug companies, one of the pharmaceutical companies, um, invited him to lunch and said, we have a position in our organization. And he said, well, I'm not looking for a job. In fact, he owns his medical practice. And uh, they kept approaching him and having conversations with him and finally recruited him and convinced him to leave his clinical practice and come work for this pharmaceutical company. So you see, that's how it's done. So... If you're listening right now and you're struggling to find top talent, there's people who spend their entire working hours doing this. Robert, you've worked in the field. I mean, right. what, is, what does a day typically look like as an executive recruiter? Talking to a lot of people on the phone, never staying off the phone. And that's something that's, that, that Stacy has touched on. But, you know, background in recruiting and, and, and Stacy's kind of getting into it. And I want to get into it a little bit more here before our next segment uh, what, what she's getting into is is the value of a passive candidate, right? Someone who's not actively looking. And, and that was a real hot selling point when I was in recruiting is we're able to provide you passive candidates. And and, and I wanted kind of you to, to break that down, Stacey. W- what do people mean when they say 
passive candidate and the value of a passive candidate? Well, the opposite of a passive candidate is an active candidate. So an active candidate is somebody who is actively in the job market. They're sending out resumes, they're going to job fairs, they're spending their time looking for another job. The passive candidate is somebody that is not actively looking for a position. They have a good job now, but they're curious. They want to see what else is out there. And if somebody offered them a better opportunity than the one that they have now, they would be open to listening about it. And they might be open to leaving their job for that better opportunity. Now, Robert, I hate, I hate to interrupt you guys. Yeah. But we, we, we now have a feature where Thrivers can text in to 918-851-6920. 918-851-6920. They can text in from all over the planet. And we have a text that came in the other day, and I want to make sure we get to it here. This is a text from a Thriver who's in Connecticut. Now, Connecticut, um, if you're if you're geographically speaking, that's not connected to Tulsa. It's false advertising. Connecticut, it's not connected. It's it's, it's a separate place, right? So we have Thrivers from, from Tulsa. We have Thrivers in Boston who are listening now to the Thriver Show. All the we, the last workshop, we had Thrivers from Boston here. Well, yeah, Derek we, Benjamin. We had guys, uh, people drove in 17 hours to be here. I mean, it's kind of a, a fun uh, event there. And Robert, when is our next workshop, our next in-person, two-day, interactive workshop? April 21st and 22nd. I, I, I want you if, you, if you're driving, if you're at work, to just stop. And, and even, even if you can't commit to it right now, put it in your calendar. April 21st and 22nd. It's a Friday and Saturday. It will be the best decision you make all year if, if you're a business owner. And if you don't believe me, read the 100. I think we're at 136 Google reviews today. And we have one guy who gave us a four star, and he was explaining that the hotel accommodations weren't that great. And I want to clarify. We have a great, we have an unbelievable experience. It's like a Disneyland for entrepreneurs. We have flat screens, you know, as you can see everything nice and clear. We have uh, almost like an executive sized desk you can sit at. You're not, you're not smashed between someone else. We have a coffee bar. I mean, we've got the whole setup. It's really neat. It's located up next to the river. It's on the Riverwalk here in Jinx America. It's the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Go to YouTube. You can check out Thrive15 World Headquarters. You can see our 20,000 square foot facility. Or you can go to Thrivetimeshow.com to learn more. But we are not in the hotel industry yet. So if you had a bad hotel experience, I apologize to you. But we have a Thriver, we're, we're who, getting there. We had a Thriver who texted in this question, and they said, what's the best way to gather Google reviews? You know, reviews in Google. And, and I want when we come back, Robert's going to break it down like fractions about why Google reviews matter, how to get those Google reviews, and then we're going to get back into some staffing talk. I, I'm excited, Robert. My brain might explode with anticipation. Oh, this is this is, might be, I know Dr. C's not here, this, this might be the second best Thrive Time show yet. Oh, beautiful. My name is Sean Lohman, and I'm from here in Tulsa, actually, Owasso. I own a residential redevelopment company, so I buy properties, and then I fix them up, and then I sell them for a profit. Well, Thrive is very non-industry specific. So when we come here, there's business owners from all different aspects of business. You know, they're doing all different industries, and he's teaching us how to look at it from that angle because he's he owns nine businesses clay clark owns nine businesses so he's he knows what's in common with all of them so he's teaching these big principles things like just the backbone of how a sales conversation should look or specifically what your your marketing campaign needs to look like in order to make it be sustainable um, those are some of the biggest things that i'm going to take away and implement immediately
it's, uh, it's an intimate environment. You know, there's less than less than 30 people here, business owners, so you get a chance to ask questions, and it's just really informative and um, inspiring. Oh, this place is cool. There's a lot going on in here. There's a lot to look at. Um, there's a lot of uh, inspiring and motivational things on the walls and lots of accomplishments and just uh, a very cool yet productive atmosphere. I'm coming in here yesterday and, you know, we're, there's a sales team in here. It was Friday. So, you know, they're, they're ringing appointment bells and hitting gongs when they're making sales. And it's just a really um, motivating environment to be in to see, you know, how this, how this business is done, basically. Clay's presentation style is really great. This is kind of a no BS, very direct sort of style, but he'll also get you know, non-specific with, with what he's teaching, and then he'll get very specific, and he'll use stories throughout the process to really help it connect to you and, and make it implementable. Consistently, he is, he's offered an opportunity to ask questions at the end of each workshop, and so that's really where you know, the learning takes place, is asking those questions and, and getting those direct answers so that we can you know, take those action items away from that. Uh, I don't see enough questions being asked, and sometimes that's just natural, um, but if people are missing out on the opportunity to ask questions, they're missing out on the opportunity to learn. And so if there's anything that's going to stop you from learning and growing, it's you. If you're here, you're going to learn and grow, as long as you're motivated to do that. And these other seminars that I've, I went to six, actually, in the last year, so uh, of these six, uh, at, at every single opportunity, you know, at the end, always, there's always a back of the room thing. Hey, you can spend a little money here and get this or that or this. And although those things are helpful, that's not always necessarily the best feeling we want to get. So he wants us all to know, and he's very clear about the fact that he's not trying to upsell us anything. His motivations are different. He's not trying to sell us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to mentor us. And he's very open about it. So I'd say it's, it's awesome. That aspect of it's awesome. We need more people who are motivated in this world. We need more people who are willing to become entrepreneurs, who are willing to create jobs. We need more of that. There's not enough of it. So that's, the, to me, the message. That's the, the goal is mentor a million people is this company's idea. And it's a beautiful idea, and I'm behind it 100%. So I want to contribute in any way I can as I move forward. This is just awesome. Thrive Nation, welcome back into the conversation. Remember this old school jam, I've been thinking about you, Rob? Remember the song, this is the song, I've been thinking about you? This is a little bit before my time. How I'm old are you? 25. Oh, wow. 25. 1991. What up? We have a lot of people who are 40 right now. 45. 50. 55. They're saying, turn it up. And I'm saying, okay, I'll turn it up. I'll do it for you. I'll do it just a little bit. I want to be prudent. I want to be prudent. I want to be prudent. Just like George Bush. I want to be prudent. Turn it George Bush was the president when this song was hot. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. H.W.? Yeah, well, but this is this is original, yeah. Oh, uh, now, drivers, we've been thinking about you during the break. You're on my mind. Drivers, we've been thinking about you. You know why? Because you can text us, 918-851-6920. So here you go, drivers. You can text us, 918-851-6920. That's the number to text when you have a business question, and we'll answer it for you right here on the air. And so we have a thriver from Connecticut which is not connect, connected to Tulsa. It is a separate, this is Boston, okay? This is not a, a small remote outpost in Western Oklahoma. And the Thriver texts us, he says, what is the best way to get Google reviews? So Robert, first let's talk about step one. Yep. What is a Google review and who cares? So whenever you list your business on Google, uh, there is an option to leave a review. Mm. Right. To leave a review, you, you can you can rate from one to four star or one to five stars, leave a little comment. The reason why that's so important 
is because this is the 21st century, people. We have the internet, thanks to Al Gore, right? People are now looking for your business on Google. They're typing in. They're, they're, they they want to find your product or service. As and an example, you might be told right now, Thrivers, just to, to, to kind of take the test with Robert. As Robert's going through this, yep. just to give you a visual example. If you Google Tulsa men's haircuts, as approximately 1,100 people per month do, you shall find one of my businesses, Top in Google. And is it my Top in Google, Robert, because I'm a nice man? No, you're you're a very mean man. Oh, okay. Am I am I top in Google because I have five kids? No, I don't, I, I don't believe that's it. Am I top in Google because God has a purpose for my life? Is that is that why I'm top in Google? Despite His wonderful purpose for your life, no. So why am I top in Google there? And how does this relate to the Google reviews? Because you have the most reviews. How do I? What? And how did I get the most reviews? Well, there's a number of different techniques. Um, so so Google ends up serving the searchers. Mm. Right, right. And so whoever has the most Google reviews, they'll come up for the top of that search term. Like you said, Tulsa men's haircut. The most real reviews. So you can't get fake reviews, right? right? So Google, if you've set, if you've set, signed up a bunch of fake Google accounts and write yourself reviews, busted, woo, woo, you'll be off the Google map. And, and so something that you do, Clay, is, mm. is you, uh, uh, and, and something actually one of my clients has done, <sighs> one of my clients has done, is they incentivize their team members to, give, give, uh, to get Google reviews. Because to be quite frank, the only people that are going to leave a review for you usually are those people who had a bad experience. So the you gotta, trolls are in control. That's right. <laughs> and so you got to be proactive about getting those positive reviews. When someone says, oh my gosh, I had a great experience uh, or, or, or your product is awesome. Say, hey, can you just real quickly take out your phone, look up our business on Google My Business and can you write us a review? And one client did this. It's a telecommunications contractor in Owasso. In Owasso? He, he's a client of ours. He came to a workshop he was uh, totally floored by the laser show. He, he saw, which, which, by the way, the next uh, conference is April 21st and 22nd. We'll, we'll deep dive into the importance of search engine optimization. What's that? What? We'll, we'll tell you exactly what it is at the workshop. We'll, we'll tell you how to get Google reviews. We'll, we'll tell you about sales and marketing. April 21st, 22nd, put it in your calendar now. But this guy, so he, he implemented uh, 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 an incentivization program mm. to incentivize, to mm. reward his staff. For getting Google reviews, I kid you not. He kid he kids you not. I kid you not. In in less than four weeks, four weeks, this guy got over a hundred Google reviews. Wait 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 wait. wait, wait. Okay. Was this one of these months where it had like you know thirty days or a month? A month with thirty one days. One of those weak months that didn't even have thirty days. I mean, how many days were in that month? It it, it was a month with thirty one days. But I met with him today, and today's the thirtieth. Okay. And he had one hundred and three. Okay. So okay. no excuses. Okay. Now now Robert, I want to ask is now how many reviews did he get again? One hundred and three, and he is now the top in Google for. Uh, the search term Owasso Security Systems and Owasso Telecommunications Contractor just by getting those reviews. For any of you thrivers out there, one of the things that Robert has, he has an a, a infinite grasp of how to grow a business, but he, he has no grasp of the space and time continuum because it's definitely April and Robert has just, has just drifted into a different different time zone. He just he's, he's so fixated on that day. He just occasionally he gets he gets locked in that, that rut. But no, but seriously, so this guy's he's, he's, got, he's to the top of Google. And the thing is, you, you want to incent, you can't tell someone, write a good review. But you can say, it would mean the world to me if you would write a review. And whoever has the most reviews gets to come up top. And you know why that is? Because Google wants you to use Google. So if we all used Google and everybody who came up top in Google was, had no reviews, you would quit using it after you'd gone to your 18th bad restaurant. That's right. So 
you'll just start using Bing or Yahoo or Yelp. If, if, if every time you Googled a restaurant, it was bad, you would quit using it. So you would quit trusting it. So because now whoever has the most reviews gets to be top, that's how that works. And so Mr. Thriver listening there, how do you do it? One, you want to incentivize your staff. You want to say, staff, every time you gather a sincere review from a client, good or bad, I will pay you X amount of dollars, do it. Or two, you can yell a lot. That's a good move. You just yell and scream, uh, make empty threats. You know, No, but seriously, you want to incentivize the team, hold them accountable. You can make it happen. It'll change the game. And one more success story before I hit Stacy up with more recruitment questions. We have a Thriver. I'm not going to mention the name of his company right now because I didn't have permission to do it. But this guy, uh, he's a tutor. And he's gone from school teacher to $17,000 a month of profit over the last nine months as a result of this strategy and others. So this move could be worth not a million dollars to you, but it could be worth, you know, $17,000 a month. And I'm sure for you, Mr. Thriver, Mrs. Thriver, that doesn't matter because you have so much money. You burn money to heat your home. You're not sure what to do with the extra money. And so don't worry about that move. Now, move number three as it relates to recruiting is the best practices for working with a recruiter for employers and professionals. So again, if you're struggling to find good talent, Stacy, uh, you are an executive recruiter. Talk to me about the best practices for working with a recruiter for employers and professionals. So for for employers, the best practices are to work with one search firm. If you're working with more than search war, more than one search firm, they're stepping all over each other. Probably the second thing is to let them do their job. You know, sometimes employers will hire an executive recruiting firm and then they'll tell them how to how to how to do their job. Uh, it's best to let the professional do their job because they know what they're doing. Uh, the third thing is to communicate. Uh, be transparent. Uh, let them know exactly what's going on. If you know, don't say that this is a new position. If you just had to let somebody go, you know, give them the the history, the true history of the situation. Wait a second, you're you are you're making my brain explode with the vast knowledge. You've been doing this for so long; it's just easy for you. It's just common sense at this point. I, I want, so I want, I want to ask you this here. You're saying, and you, you're saying here that if I am looking for a top level talent, I need to focus on using just one executive recruitment firm? Why, why do I have to use just one and not seven? Can you kind of re- explain the logic? Well, part of what an executive recruiter is doing is public relations on your fir- on your company. They're telling a story about your organization. And if you're working with multiple recruiting firms, they're probably not going to all be consistent in the story that they're telling about your organization. Secondly, they're likely reaching out to all of the same people. And then it sends confusing messages when people get calls from multiple recruiters. They might think that you're desperate or that there's something wrong with your position if you have to have multiple recruiters calling the same candidates about it. Now, here we go, Thrive Nation. We come back. Everything you've ever wanted to know about executive recruiting. Stay tuned. My name is Tyler Schultz with Witness Security from here in Tulsa. Well, I actually started listening to uh, Thrive on the radio, 1170, and then I got my dad into uh, listening to the show, and then it actually turned into Clay gave us a call, and uh, we started actually working with Clay on a weekly basis. He's helped us drastically when it comes to the SEO, getting us a little bit higher in different markets. Uh, We then he offered the conference and just learned a lot when it comes to the sales and um, the employee side of things. It's going to help our business drastically. Oh, very um, intuitive, just uh, pulling you in to 
break down each part of your business. Uh, the interview process, the employee process, um, if employees not working out, you let them go. It's a drastic experience. You just have to come and check it out. I mean, there's so many things that they can help you with. Clay's a funny guy. Uh, he just wants to get into each and every uh, person's business and help you out. Oh, I know I've asked a couple of questions and he's uh, broken down that question and answered it uh, in several different ways. There, there are so many different things. The SEO, uh, first and foremost, he will help you get the, the more business coming in. And then once that is coming in, then he uh, helps you with the employee process of, uh, do I need to hire more people? Do I need, what, what do I need to put in place? And he gets you there. You hear of all the other different type conferences, and I, I myself have never been to one, but uh, the walking on coals and all that stuff, that just seems like a bunch of hype that isn't really needed. And I know of several people that have gone to those type conferences, and yet they haven't, because there's no action, actionable deals, you really don't have any moving forward steps. It's just hype, and it's not needed. Well, just the cost in and of itself versus $6,000 for one conference and no actionable steps versus $1,500 and there is actionable steps. Uh, you can't beat it. Nation, welcome back into the conversation. It's business school without the BS. And yes, my name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. And many people say, what, is, what does that stand for? Saba? 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 No, it, sta it stands for Small Business Administration. So if you've ever applied for a loan, uh, typically they're going to say, well, let's see if you qualify for an SBA loan, a Small Business Administration loan. And so what happens is the bank is more likely to lend money if the loan is a small business administration compliant loan because the government guarantees the majority of the loan. So should you not be able to pay back the loan, the government will take care of it. Now, the thing is, a bank doesn't want to have too many bad loans because if they do, then you're not going to be able to write any loans. So they don't want to just list, lend, lend to anybody, but it diminishes the risk factor quite a bit. And so the Small Business Administration is the organization responsible for the majority of the small business loans. And since 1995, 65% of all the small businesses have been created by small, or all, of all the jobs have been created by small businesses. Again, since, 19, since 1995, 65% of all of the jobs have been created by small businesses. And Robert, did you know there's, there's one city in the world right now that has been named a couple times by Forbes just recently as being the number one city in the world to start a small business. And do you, do you want to speculate? Do you want to guess what city that may be? Yes. Shanghai, China. No. Not only is that you're not in the United States, yeah, it's, but that's, that's a good, that's a good guess. It was in the world, so that, was, that, that followed into that quartile. You want to take a second guess? It's not. It's, you want to kind of stick with an America, okay? Because we're, you know, we have a very American bias here. Not Shanghai, China. What's another a guess? Take a swing. Portland, Oregon. Not Portland, Oregon. I'll tell you what, by the way, if you're on the left coast 
or the right coast, a place where there have been there's been a lot of government rules that have been passed, your economy is not doing so well. Just throwing that out there. But in the middle of the country, the general rule, that's where the cost of living is less. That's where there's less regulation. Mm. That's why people always move from the coasts into the middle of the country because you can't afford to live there because it takes you a year and a half to get a permit. My uncle took him a year and a half to get a permit to build a house in San Diego. True story. Ridiculous. In Tulsa, you get that permit in a couple weeks or a month. Anyway, the point is, Tulsa is the number one city, according to Forbes, to start a small business. It's happened numerous times. Look that up. Forbes, Tulsa, number one city in the world to start a business. And so we're talking today about small business and business issues. And I'm telling you what, there's never been a greater time in American history to start a business than right now. And the first struggle you're going to have is, how do, how do I sell things? And at our in-person two-day workshop, we focus at least a third of the program on how to sell, marketing, branding. I mean, but in my mind, sales, marketing, and branding is really easy. It's more of an emotional issue. If you just implement the system, it works. But then the second part, in my mind, this is harder than sales and marketing. Now you're selling so well, you got to staff people to actually do the job. You got to find people who can actually fulfill what you just sold. And then a lot of people just throw up their hands and go, ah, I can't find good people. I just can't find anybody. It's impossible. Robert, have you ever had a client tell you, it's just impossible to find good people. You don't know my industry. Uh, I, I actually don't know if I haven't had a client tell me that. You know, Dr. Robert Zellner, he's actually an optometrist, which he jokes around and says is kind of a faux doctor, you know, because he doesn't actually see patients anymore. But it's hard for a lot of people to find good optometrists, but he does it. And you know why? Because he has a proven system. And I'll tell you, somebody has a proven system to recruit great people. It is Stacy Purcell. And you want to say, well, who's Stacy Purcell? Who is this executive recruiting wizard? Who is this wizard woman? Who, who is she? Find her. I need her help. I, I'm looking for somebody like this who can find good people. Give me her number. Get, just where, where is she? And I'm going to say, well, you're lucky if you're just tuning in because she is inside the box that rocks. It's like Santa is here. As a kid, you're always trying to find Santa. Mrs. Claus. She's here. Uh, Stacy Purcell, how are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing great, Clay, and I am kind of like Santa because I deliver the best talent and Ooh, I deliver deliver the best jobs. Now, so if somebody's listening right now and they're saying, okay, what are the best practices for working with a recruiter for employees, for employers and professionals? What, what, what would you say? Well, for the employers, like we talked about a little bit before, work with one firm, let them do their job, communicate, be transparent, keep them in the loop. Uh, for professionals, it would be be honest about your qualifications. Don't don't misstate your qualifications when talking to an executive recruiter or lie or inflate your resume. Uh, be upfront about your motivation for wanting to look at other opportunities. Uh, communicate, be transparent. I have a really funny story for you, and I'm sure what I did was illegal, but I, I think it's a funny story. We had a person who worked in our building for three years. You, don't, you haven't met this person there, Robert, so don't guess. Don't even look at me with your eyes and guess. But the thing is, he worked here for three years. And uh, one day, I, I noticed there was kind of, I walked by the computer, and he minimized his screen. You ever seen that happen where someone minimizes their screen when you walk by, and you're kind of going, what were they looking at? Sam just did it just now. Oh, come on. So I, what I did, and our executive producer is a great guy. Now, but seriously, you need to quit minimizing your screen, Robert. But the thing is, <laughs> is that what we did is I put a thing called a keystroke recorder on the computer, you know, because I'm that kind of guy. So I had teamed it with a, a you know, had what kind of a spy in my office do it? Well, it was, you know, when you, when you capture someone's keystrokes, when you record their history, basically you can see what they're doing. And this guy, what he was doing during the day was trying to download, um, you know, things he shouldn't be downloading. 
He was sending emails he shouldn't be sending. And so I had the conversation like, hey, I know what's going on. You need to go ahead and uh, get it together. Given This is like the first, second, and third strike. This is the final time. So he began to look for a job, and he, and he, you know, didn't find a job, and so he just became a bad performer. Didn't show up, showed up late, kept claiming he was going to jury duty, court, had things going on, he was Jury sick, duty. Undescribable illnesses, personal days, just doing an awful job, costing me at least, on average, $1,700 a week of non-productivity. So I decided I'm going to let the guy go, let him go. Told him, hey, I'm going to let you go. After we let the guy go, he did some crazy stuff, right? So the other day I get a call from Dallas, and Dallas is calling me. There's an executive recruiter calling me saying, hey, we've interviewed this candidate, and they've stated this and that, and basically they're God's gift to employment. You know, They've got this unbelievable resume, and they put you down as a reference because they said you loved them, and you promoted them to top leadership, and they were the head of this and the head of that. And the, you know, and do you want to guess, Robert, what I, what I said? Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to assume that you said something uh, uh, slightly slightly negative. Stacy, what, what can I say? What can I say when asked these questions? What am I allowed to say? I mean, I, you what know, can you say on the radio? Yeah, well, I'm, I'll, I'll say what I want to say on the radio. But what, what, could, what was I allowed to say? Do you know? Well, you know, I, my background is actually not in HR. It's an executive search and recruiting. But I know a lot of times um, as an executive recruiter, and I do call and do reference checks, and some companies, all they're allowed to say is just the dates of employment, and they won't uh, say anything else. But, uh, you know, when you are giving a referent, it's important to be, you know, truthful and, uh, and to be honest, of course. And I, and I asked this person, this is what I said, these are the words I said. I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I can't remember exactly. But I basically said, do, so do you want to take the company to the bottom, the one that you're hiring, the one you're hiring for? Do you want them to go down to the bottom like a submarine? I mean, do you want them to just bottom out and just crash and burn and have a horrible gossip-filled office with just terrible non-productivity? Is that what you're looking for? And they go, no, we're looking for a guy who does coding and PHP. And I said... Oh, because if you're looking for someone to take your company to the bottom, you should hire that person. They are the worst, and I am passionate about you hiring the worst. And I'm being serious. And what happens is, is that I was transparent about it, right? And this person inflated their resume. But when but executive recruiters like yourself, you check resumes. I mean, you do your research, you do your diligence. When we could your due diligence, when we come back, I want to pick your brain just a little bit about the level of detail and due diligence, kind of the background checks, come some, some of the things that you do, because you, you have a record, you have a history of finding really, really top talent, and the top talent has been known to stick around. Like these people will actually find the job, and then they stick around. I mean, they make a big impact on the companies. And so you have to have been doing some intense levels of background checking and, and references and that whole thing. So I'm excited, Robert, I'm excited, and you're excited to know more about this. Are we not excited? I, I, I am elated. I, I, I can, I'm jumping. I'm literally jumping. Up and down Calm down. Side. Calm down, Rob. Stay tuned. ThriveTimeShow.com on your radio. This is my wife, Jensen uh, Watts. We have, she has a photography business that we're trying to get um, up and growing. So I, you know, listen to talk radio. I drive a lot for work. Um, and, you know, got tired of listening to the radio all the time, and I can't plug my phone into my truck. It's, it's too old. Um, and so, you know, one day the Thrive show was just in place of the talk show I normally listen to, um, and it was, you know, definitely more entertaining than most radio shows. Um, and so that's, you know, took about a week or two before I actually looked more into it. I think it's wonderful. It's, it's been great. It's a great environment. Um, I love the feel in here, and I really love how you know, entertaining uh, Clay can be as well. Um, 
Yeah, I am so grateful to be here and um, I've loved just learning everything. I'm, t I'm learning a lot about branding and how to market my business because that's kind of where um, I've had a hard time is I can take pictures, I'm good at it, I have my prices and everything, but it's hard to get the clientele. So learning about the marketing has really helped me and I can't wait to implement it into my own business after this because it's been so great. We're so grateful to be here. I think yeah. I can go home and like I have it written out, the, the steps that I need to take and, and everything, it's very practical. Yeah, a big thing that's, that's helped me, um, you know, even without business stuff is just you know, a, a mental attitude aspect they have that I can apply to my current job and current life. I love it. I am laughing a lot of the time and it's so entertaining and I I just love being here. It's awesome. I, I really like the smaller class group um, so it is more of an interaction even if it isn't you know a constant raise my hand here's the question here's the answer. Um, it's just that kind of feel, just just a smaller. It's great. Yeah. They haven't tried to upsell us anything. It has all just been very knowledgeable, and they are just teaching you how to grow your business. So yeah. Clay's been very giving with his his time, um, his knowledge, his talents. Um, you know, at work. You know, when I was telling people about this, like, I hope you're not joining some get rich scheme. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> Even if it is, he's not going to charge me for it. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, I mean, I would even love to come again. Microphone. It is me. He is I, and I is him. The man with the flat bill brim. My name is Clay Clark, former oh. US SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, sent here on a mission to get you in a great financial position. I know many of you have struggled year after year, and what you're doing is you're starting to say things like, "Well, maybe it's the economy. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe it's luck." I'm, I'm sensing that somebody here. I feel that somebody listening right now. Um, you've had people tell you it's probably not going to work out. Um, well, then you, if, you, if you listen to what I'm saying and you maybe write these down, uh, maybe this will build your faith. Because I believe in you. Um, I know you have what it takes. But you know Walt Disney lost it all at the age of 36 again? He ran out of money again at the age of 36. You know, Ray Kroc, the guy who's known, the movie Founder just came out that shows you his rise to prominence as the guy who took the McDonald's restaurants and took it into a national franchise called McDonald's. This man didn't have any success until his 50s. You know, Colonel Sanders had no success until he looked like Colonel Sanders. That's why the that's why the you know the the drawing of Colonel Sanders for KFC. He doesn't look like a young whippersnapper. He looks like Colonel Sanders because that's when he started the business and had success. He looked like and Colonel 70s. Sanders. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, many of you listening out there need to know that Google didn't produce a, a dime of profit for over four years. I mean, many of you don't even realize that Facebook took three years of struggling to make it. A lot of you don't know that Airbnb was always a week away from going out of existence. These guys at Airbnb, they had no money, so they actually took cereal. This is crazy. They went to the store and they bought boxes of cereal, and they took those boxes of cereal. They, they, they pulled the, the cereal out of the box. They kept it in the plastic bag it was in, and then they made, they had a kind of a graphic design background. They made their own cereal called Obama O's. And they took the cereal from other cereal boxes and they stuffed it inside a, their own box called Obama O's. And they started selling them on the street in San Francisco, which is a largely liberal city. And they sold out. And that's how they made payroll every week was by selling Obama O's cereal. 
Where can you read that? Um, you can go on Pando Daily and watch the interview with the founder. If you just Google um, Airbnb uh, Pando Daily, you can watch the interview where he explains that. Do they also have Captain McCain? They had Captain McCain's. Yeah, they had. I mean, that's what they did. They had Captain McCain's. They had I Obama O's. Um, and I'm just telling you, then they ran out of even more money. So they started renting out their own apartment and sleeping in a closet. So I'm saying, I don't care where you're at right now. You qualify for success. You know, if you're in a garage, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. A lot of people started somewhere. You know, Steve Jobs started in a garage, right? The Garage Mahal. Hewlett Packard started in a garage. Henry Ford started in a garage. Oh, I don't have an office. Well, you know, you can start in a garage. Okay. Now, if you are in business and you're struggling to find good people, then you can say, well, I just can't find good people. And that could be your story forever. Or you can decide, you know what? This is my day to, to, to make it. This is, this is when I decide to thrive. This is my year and I'm going to make it happen. And so some of you are going to take the step today and reach out to an executive recruiter who's going to help you find the top talent that has you stuck. That's what, if that, that is what has you stuck. You need to take the next step and reach out to Stacy Purcell, a, an executive recruiting guru. And I asked you before the break a little bit, but once you find a talent that you like and you feel like they're the top talent for the position, do you do any background checks or do you just say, well, it looks good, you're hired. I mean, what do you, what do, you do to make sure that people are vetted? Well, keep in mind that the people that I am looking for are people that are gainfully employed. Mm. So we have to be really careful not to jeopardize their current situation because these are people that are not unemployed. And, you know, people that are unemployed may not care if you're contacting their former employers, but people that are employed, they, they don't want to jeopardize that. So we have to be really careful. So what we do is we validate by people that have worked with the individuals. Mm. So when we're recruiting on a position in a niche industry, we will ask people in the industry, who do you know in the industry that's the very best person doing, you know, A, B, and C? And we'll have hundreds of conversations with people and you'll hear that same person's name mentioned over and over and over again. So anyway, we go through the interview process and the person is selected. We outsource our background checks to a company called Hire Right. And then sometimes our clients prefer to do their own uh, background checks. But like I said, we're looking for that top 5 to 10% in the marketplace. And those are people that, that already have jobs. So we don't want to jeopardize that. Unbelievable. Now, unbelievable. Thrivers, many of us are not doing background checks. Why are we not doing background checks? I'll tell you why. Because we have never hired a lot of people before. And if you're struggling to find a tip-top talent, the very best of the best, you need to reach out to an executive recruiter like Stacy. Now, move number four. Step number four. Question number four. Point number four. Someone should write this down. How working with a recruiter gives you an edge in your job search and in hiring talent? How, do, how does working with a recruiter give you, give, give the listener, an edge in their job search and in hiring talent, Stacey? Well, confidence, uh, confidentiality. So when you are somebody that is gainfully employed and you don't want to jeopardize your current situation, you would work through an executive search consultant or recruiter because they can confidentially help you find a new position under the radar versus you posting your ad all over the internet and blasting it out to a large number of employers. You don't do that if you're employed. And from the employer standpoint, you know, we have a lot of times employers are wanting to hire somebody on a confidential basis. We had a client that wanted to build an entire sales organization from the ground floor and they did not want their competition to know what they were doing because they did not want their competition to know that they were entering a new segment of the marketplace. So they hired our firm to confidentially reach out to salespeople that had the experience they were looking for and recruit them for our client's organization. All these interviews were done uh, behind the scenes and it was not announced uh, that the company was hiring or had hired this uh, sales force. So I'd say confidentiality is the number one reason on both the employer and the and the candidate side now if you're listening right now robert and they're saying 
I, I want to take the next step. I want to I want to get started. I want to start that business that I've been thinking about. I've been dreaming about. I want to be. I'm a startup. You know, I'm not an existing business. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about starting. Maybe you have a business and you want to grow it. Can you explain first off where are the Thrive Fifteen workshops located? Where are the Thrive Time workshops? Can you kind of explain the dojo of Mojo? Yeah. So you can look up our building, first of all. Uh, uh, there, there's some people out there that we like to call charlatans. Ooh, charlatans. charlatans. Uh, uh, people who put on a good smoke screen, right? But, but but there's no really substance behind what they say or where they are. Um, Ty Lopez, a.k.a. Try looking up Ooh, his Ty address. Lopez. Hmm. Do, do, do you remember Ty Lopez's address? Yeah, he actually is the address that his business is located. If you follow it, it's listed on his site. If you follow it, you go to Google Maps. It's like an abandoned warehouse in the UK. And, and just it's Ty Lopez, his 67, 67 steps to scamming is what I would call it. But uh, check it so, out. So, so go to Google, type in Thrive 15 Jinx, Thrive 15 Jinx or Thrive 15 Conference. Uh, uh, and there you'll see our, our, our address. So we're here in Jinx, our 20,000 square foot facility. And the great thing about these conferences, like you're talking about, Clay, is when, when you're starting a business, a lot of times when you're starting up, you don't know where to start. Mm. Right. When you're starting up, you don't know where to start. I mean, there's systems and processes. There's sales. There's marketing. Branding. Branding. Logos. Pri- priority management. Print pieces. Uh, uh, human resources, hiring people. Pricing. And it's like, where do I begin? Websites. And how do I do this stuff? How do I do it? I got a great idea. I, I'm able to solve a need that people are wanting to pay me uh, for to solve for them. But but how do I do all this other stuff? Well, the great thing about these two-day, 15-hour workshops, it's a Friday and Saturday, April 21st and 22nd is we'll show you what to do. And it's a linear system. There's got to be an upsell in the back of the room, though. No upsells. Now, I read on the website it's $500. But free but free if coffee. I, we won't even charge you for the coffee. It's $500. And I know I can bring three or four people with me if I want to. But I, but I, what if I can't afford it? What if I can't afford the $500? What, 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 what then do you have for me, well, Wise th- Wizard? Th- thanks to some wealthy investors, we actually do have some scholarships available. So you say, hey, I really want to come, but I'm a startup. I don't have a lot of cash right now. Give us a call. Go to thrive15.com. Fill out a form, and uh, we can tell you a little bit more about our scholarships options that are available. Now, for somebody who has a successful company like Stacy over here with the Purcell Group, uh, you know, um, Stacy, can you just kind of? I want to ask you this question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you obviously have a very successful company now. You're kind of known as the leader in executive recruitment now. Was it a little stressful when you started the business, like day one? Was it a little, was it a little, little, little crazy, a little stressful, or, or did you just start off with a, a bang immediately? Because you're obviously known as kind of the legend now of executive recruiting. Was it a little bit tough? I mean, yes, yes, and no. I mean, I had been doing executive search and recruiting for seven and a half years before I started my own firm. Mm. So when I did start, I I did have some knowledge, uh, but I hadn't been a business owner, so that was the unknown for me. That was the intimidating part is that I had worked for somebody else doing executive search and recruiting. But you know, when you own your own company, there's a lot of things that you deal with that you don't deal with when you're working for somebody else. So that was the scary part. You know, for me, the the, the hardest thing to learn was not selling not branding, not marketing. Dr. Z taught me so many things. My hardest thing was the emotional aspects of managing a team. I mean, we, we the elephant in the room the other day, we had a, a team meeting where all the employees showed up and I'm going, if they wanted to, there's like 80 of these people and there's one of me. You know, it's like there's, I mean, even if I was a skilled ninja, it'd be tough to take out all 80 of them. I mean, they, they could gang up on you. And so managing a team, leading a team, holding the team accountable, training a team, staffing for the team, finding top talent. Uh, Stacy, if someone is struggling to find top talent, what's your website and what is your phone number? 
Our website is www.thepurcellgroup.com. That's T-H-E-P-U-R-S-E-L-L-G-R-O-U-P.com. Our phone number, 918-488-3900. Now, if you are looking for a one-on-one business coach, you're looking for an in-person workshop, you're looking for the podcast, you're looking for the world's best business school, check it out at thrivetimeshow.com. And as always, three, two, one, boom! Boom!